The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. I find this uh, quote helpful from the uh, Ram Das. We should ask ourselves in moments of fatigue whether slowing down may not be a message to attend to the moment. Be with it, to taste it, to embrace it. A way of making us take time, finally, to tend to what's here and now. So I think it's not only moments of fatigue that do that. Sometimes we're called to make time to be with what's here and now when it is very unpleasant, maybe the most difficult thing you've faced in your life, maybe mildly uh, rattling or restless. So slowing down might not, might be the message to take time just to be with conditions that are here and now. So we can make a practice of letting go of doing and instead attending to what is going on right in this moment. Um, There are some images that if you feel some of these things, you can kind of get a sense of what it's like to be with some difficulties or uh, challenges. So imagine an adult, a really good, a caring adult caregiver being with a crying infant. You know, the... Sometimes infants uh, cry for quite a while and it's not easy to find what's going on. And, um, you know, you don't see a caring adult going, come on, hurry up, stop crying. You know, or I'm going to make you stop crying. Uh, No, there's a patience, there's a being with the crying infant and um, attending to what's going on. Or a hospice worker being with a terminally ill patient in extreme pain. If you've had the experience of being with someone whose pain cannot be addressed with medications, you've had this experience of of being with and just you're not going to abandon the person, you're just being with what's going on for them. Um, and it doesn't always have to be pain. You know, it's just if you've been with a very bouncy child, you know, running around, bouncing around, tons of energy, wow, here, there, everywhere, um, you know that the, the kind thing to do is to be with that with patience, infinite, I, I had a Dharma teacher who called it infinite patience, and I found that so helpful. The patience could go on as long as it needed. Another way uh, is to be friendly with what's here right now. So I enjoyed finding this poem online uh, by a 14-year-old living in Alberta, Canada. I love finding just things that regular people write. So she wrote, Friends, they're the few people who accept silence over conversation. A relationship like this denies silly promises and persuasion. You don't feel the need to second-guess thoughts or measure words. Their love comes in holes, not halves, not thirds. They're the ones that guide you through when fate takes a turn, fights 
small and large, end in forgiveness, never a burn. You forget about first impressions and the feelings they brought. You're grateful for who they are and you forgive them for what they're not. So what if we treated our meditative experiences like this? Accepting silence over conversation. A good friend can be with you in quiet. So can we be with what's going on silently? Can we not promise ourselves to do anything a particular way to you know, fix our meditation or our problems or to push ourselves? We, can we just be with it without that pushiness? Can we not second guess our experience? You know, if we're a really good friend, we don't second guess our friends. We take them at what they're coming to us with. Um, but simply loving what's going on by meeting it wholeheartedly. So we can love whatever's going on if we meet it openly and with a full heart. Even if it's difficult, we can love it for what it's, what's happening with us, what it's showing us, how it's guiding us. So when experience takes an unexpected turn, can we be with that? Like we'd be with a friend. Can we forgive conditioned experience for sometimes being unpleasant instead of blaming ourselves for unpleasant? Like, it's my fault. If only I did it this way or that way, I wouldn't be experiencing this, un- this difficulty. Um, can we not get stuck on our impressions? Like, we don't get stuck on our first impression of a person. If we don't do that, we sometimes find out our first impression was entirely wrong. Um, if we just stay with it, we may discover something we didn't know. By letting things pass through, by letting them be themselves like we let our friends be themselves, accepting our experiences as they are and forgiving them for what they are not. (laughs) So um, the Satipatthana Sutta, the beginning of it, offers us guidance for how to be with, how, how are you supposed to do this being with thing? Um, It offers four fields for establishing mindfulness. So four foundations. The body. So we can be with how the body is in any particular moment of challenge or difficulty or pleasant or unpleasant or neither. We can be with the feeling tone of whether it's pleasant or unpleasant or neither. That's another way to be with things is being with, ah, this is pleasant. Ah, this is neither. Um, we can be with the, the way the mind is. So is the mind foggy? Is it focused? Is it open? Is it tight? Is it distracted? Um, is it concentrated? We can be with that. And we can be with the fourth foundation, which is called Dhammas. Um, I've heard that translated as truth. So sometimes I think of the Dhammas as being reality as it presents itself to us. So this just beginning paragraph of the Satipatthana Sutta offers us these four places to be with as the direct path to liberation. So that, I love that. Just those will take us right to liberation. Um, So 
it goes on, in regard to the body, a bhikkhu, and in this case, we're the practitioners uh, to whom the word bhikkhu is referring. In regard to the body, a bhikkhu abides contemplating the body, being with the body, ardent, clearly knowing, and mindful, free from desires and discontent in regard to the world. So this same instruction is given with respect to abiding with the feelings, with the mind, with the mental states or the way the mind is, with reality. Can we experience them in these ways? So abide, be with, is like living with something. Abide is like being in your home. You know, what's it like to be at home with these things? Um, What is it to contemplate ardent? So ardent carries that feeling of loving something, um, being dedicated to it, being uh, alongside, uh, alert, attentive. You know, if we love something, we care about it, we stick with it. Um, The sutta suggests that while being this way, it's helpful to be free from desires and discontent with regard to the world. So those desire and discontent with, you know, with regard to what's happening in our lives really propels and underlies a lot of excessive doing. Like if we are not content with the way things are, we're going to, often we're going to do a lot of effort to make this thing go away. And how well does that work when you're meditating, trying to make stuff go away? It usually makes it try harder to let you know Uh, I need your attention here. So the emphasis in this uh, little paragraph is on knowing the experience, meaning experiencing something, being with it with awareness rather than doing it, knowing it. Um, So when we're doing our mindfulness practice, an attitude has entered the picture that might not be so helpful. So this underlying attitude of wanting might be there, driving us to try and get experience to be a certain way or hang on to uh, an experience we like and keep it going. Um, So we might believe that successful meditation is always supposed to be calm and peaceful. And we might be ignoring what actually is happening if if we're insisting on it being a certain way. Um, We might also uh, suffer through this. You know, we often do suffer through ideas of desire wanting things. Um, Or an attitude that could creep in is wanting an experience to hurry up and go away. (laughs) You know, if I ask for a show of hands, I'm guessing that a lot of people in this room have wanted an experience to go away, whether it's in your life or your meditation. Um, So it it happens when we criticize ourselves for how meditation is going. But if we resist experience... It's going to keep showing up and trying us to get us to pay attention to it. So pushing away experience is grief, just like hanging on to experience is grief. If we're not paying attention to the flow of experience, um, then unhelpful old conditioned habits of mind can enter our thoughts and drag us around. So it could include ideas about how we're supposed to be or who we're supposed to be, 
beliefs about how others are supposed to be, like they shouldn't be like that, they should be like this. Ruminating about something that's difficult over and over, we can be swept away by delusion. And that is also grief. Hanging on is grief, pushing away experience and not wanting is grief, and being swept away by delusion is grief. So there's a simpler way, the way we've been practicing this morning, allowing ourselves to be with whatever is arising and passing, abiding with it, living with it, contemplating lovingly, knowing it, being mindful of it, free from desires and discontent with regard to it. And I'll leave us today with a poem from Gil Fronstall's book, The Buddha Before Buddhism. Um, it's a poem that seems to have been part of early Buddhist training. So I love this as a, just a simple synopsis. It's called An Auspicious Day. Don't chase the past or long for the future. The past is left behind. The future is not yet reached. Have insight into whatever phenomena are present, right where it is, not faltering and not agitated. By knowing whatever is present, one develops the mind. Ardently do what should be done today. Who knows, death may come tomorrow. There is no bargaining with mortality and his great army. Whoever dwells thus ardent, active day and night, is, says the peaceful sage, one who has an auspicious day. So may our practice together today make it more easeful for us to be with whatever arises and passes and through being with all of these human experiences, may we each come to freedom and be a drop in the pond that brings others to freedom. May all beings be free.